When is it too early? I mean, there's Walmart looks like Christmas right now. I'm like, hold on, y'all don't forgot Halloween and Thanksgiving, Christmas. So I was thinking one day, it's like, so it's probably in, in 10 or 15 years, it'll probably be the day after Christmas. They're already putting out the Christmas decorations for the year after. Okay, who says the earlier the better for Christmas? Who says let's wait till after Thanksgiving? Oh, half and half. There's no unity in this room. We're kind of divided. I could listen to Christmas music all the, all year round, but I don't want to see the I don't <laughs> I don't want to see the decorations in the store yet. Okay, I just just thinking about that. Um, so so the goal with this series, I'm going to switch. We're we're talking about the greatest show. The goal with the series is to highlight some of the coolest stories in the Bible because there's some really really cool stories, and there's hundreds of them. I mean, if you got bored, you would have reading material for years. There's so many cool stories, wild, crazy things to happen to people. But before we go into that, you know what's better than 200 likes, 5 shares, and 48 comments? Anybody? Reading your Bible. Good, good, nice. You got it. Actually, he didn't. I'm just making it look good. You know what's better than Wendy's 4 for 4? Hey, come on. Pastor talked about that on Sunday. Anybody? Hey, reading your Bible is better. Okay, so check it out. I was headed here the other day, last uh, Monday night, I was going to come up, come up here and do some studying for tonight, and I was hungry, and I was just going to take whatever I saw, Burger King. It's not the greatest, but listen, they had 10 nuggets for a dollar. So I got 100. No, I didn't. I thought about it. I said, man, for 10 bucks, I can make out with 100 nugs right now. I seriously thought about it. I got 20, which is, you know, I could have easily put down 40. I swear, I could eat 40 nuggets, no problem. I thought about that, though, but and I was thinking about Wendy's four for four, and I'm like, yeah, but Burger King's got a beat. Yeah, it's kind of sketchy. We all know that they're fake chicken nuggets. So, okay, enough joking. Um, anybody like to respond in here? Okay, so um, that's what we're going to do tonight. Um, that's what we should do every time we come in this door because we're we're the words that we're saying are full of life, and where there is life, there is noise. Okay, so if you're new here and you've never been here before, and you're thinking like, why are these weird? Okay. When I first came here, I was sitting back here in the corner, and there was somebody behind me. I'm not going to name him. I thought the guy was, like, something wrong with him. Like, I thought there was something wrong with him. I'm like, man. Like, he was, yeah, 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 amen, amen, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, like, what is this guy's deal? Why didn't he shut up? Be respectful. There's somebody talking. But that's what we do around here. If, if, when, you're, when your team scores a touchdown, what do you do? Woo, yeah. You, that's, I don't know anything about football, but that's my team. That's my my running back yeah so you freak out you lose your mind but then when we come to church we're always like oh yes lord yes sober quiet no let's have passion let's have energy what you're excited about you're going to make some noise for so let's practice a couple responses and if you're new tonight just copy off your neighbor no problem uh you can shout amen, amen. yeah shout preach that white boy okay okay what other anybody else got any other ones what we got so good, but see, you have to, so good, because that means it's like really good. It's not just so good, it's really good. Okay, so yeah, on a scale of one to so, it is so good. Okay, that's a good one. All right, so I'm going to count to three, and everyone's going to shout out really loud. We're going to practice responding. You're going to shout out your favorite response. So you got amen, preach it, shout it. My neighbor's living in sin, that's for him. Okay, so ready? Here we go. One. Two, three. 
wow, what'd you guys say? It's just like, Aah. oh, I heard yeet. Okay, that works. That's fine. Okay, gosh, all right, let's get spiritual. All right, so we're talking about a super cool story tonight, and I have a lot of reading, and I'm going to try to keep you all attentive, because I know when reading comes, the phone comes out instead. Okay, okay, you know. So let's stay off our phones. Let's stay focused. I have a lot to read, but I hopefully, hopefully I can make this entertaining. Okay, you ready? I'm going to be talking to you all about this story. If you've never been to church before, if you've not heard very many Bible stories, don't worry. You won't be left out. I'm going to fill you in on what this is about. It's the story of, check out these names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. For real, those are names. Okay. I'm going to read the first chapter. The second chapter, I'm skipping. The third, we're going to put up here. It's, it's a lot of reading, so I'm going to try to go fast, okay? Raise your hand if you're not going to get lost and you're going to stay with me. Awesome. Half of you. Sweet. Okay. Ready? Ready? Okay. We're going to start in Daniel 1. So I'm going to, I'm going to be reading a little bit of back, backstory, background to set up chapter 3 we're talking about. Ready? I'm going to go kind of fast. During the third year, no, I'm just kidding. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reigns in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar, that's who we're talking about tonight, but I'm going to call him King Neb because I'm going to say his name a hundred times and I don't want to say Nebuchadnezzar a hundred times. So King Neb of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jay of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. Everybody good? So King Neb took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of the God. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring, the, bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's, this is where, this is where our guys come onto the scene, uh, bring um, some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as, ca Babylon as captives. King Neb said, select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. Come on. That's a prophecy for some of us, right? We're trying to speak that into existence. Yes. Strong, healthy, good-looking. Come on, Corey boys, right? Everybody's like, no, dude, I don't even care. I don't even like girls anymore. All right, awesome. Um, <laughs> so he said, select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. Come on, all the boys should say Amen. Okay, there you go, Chip. Hey, bro. Uh, make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine, that's not right, from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, and then they would enter the royal service. So he wants this chief of staff to train these guys to be with King Neb all the time, and he's going to judge and see which ones he wants. So the... These are the guys' names we're talking about tonight. Daniel, Hananiah, I think it's Mishael, and Azariah. There were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them. Renamed them. They're pretty good names so far. I mean, my name's Amzie. That's pretty weird. Everybody's like, what? Is that like, are you like a Middle Eastern terrorist or something? I mean, I, actually, someone asked me if my name was Ahmed one time. I was like, come on, seriously? I mean, this is not even close. They also said Amy, but whatever. Um, so the chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel, they called Belshazzar. Wow. <laughs> Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called uh, Meshach. Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now, God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. So he's already, had, he's already got favor with him. The chief of staff already likes Daniel. But he responded, I'm afraid of the Lord, <clears throat> of the Lord um, 
of my lord the king who has ordered you to eat this food and wine. If you become palin then compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Yep, I would definitely follow those rules. I like my head. Uh, Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff and he was trying to like reason with him. He said, please test us for 10 days <laughs> on a diet of vegetables and water, right? I mean, because everybody wants to eat a diet of vegetables and water, right? Okay, Steve, where's Steve at? Is he in here? Raise your hand, Steve. All right, everybody look at Steve real quick. This brother looks like he might live on vegetables and water. <laughs> this brother lives on pepperonis and yoo-hoos and air, maybe just air. I, I'm, we're still not sure. But um, so you wouldn't have been selected. I'm sorry, Steve, because, you know, vegetables and water. Can anybody do that? Ve uh, just a straight diet of vegetables and water. No? Yes. Awesome. See, I'm with you. I can do it. Throw a little salt. Oh, wait. Can you put a salt on them? I have to throw a little salt on them. A little butter. Then you basically, it's like a cheeseburger after that. But no, I could do, I could do vegetables and water. No? <laughs> she said, I need some flesh. <laughs> Come on. I'm a, I'm a carnivore too, though. Y'all should see me eat some chicken wings. Um, so he said, hey, let us eat vegetables and water, all right? And then at the end of the 10 days, we'll see. So at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked better and healthier. Yeah. And better nourished than the young men. So we can take that for example. I'm going to call your parents and say, throw out the kicks, throw out the <laughs> fruity pebbles. We're eating vegetables and water from now on. Sorry, who, don't you, Ron, don't you love fruity pebbles? Yeah, so um, we're just going with the veggies and water. All right, guys, everybody cool with that? All right, I got all y'all's parents' numbers. So, um, so uh, the attendant made everyone eat that. He said, all right, these, th these four guys or three guys wanted that, so everyone's eating that. So they did. Um, God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom of King Neb's culture. And God gave Daniel a special, special ability to interpret the meanings and visions of dreams. When the trading period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Neb. The king uh, talked with them, and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, I said Daniel, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which is Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Those names are way better than the first ones. Um, so, uh, he, King Neb was super impressed with these guys, loved them, just butt kissing them, just like, oh, you guys are so amazing, oh, he's so talented, so wonderful, uh, God's all over your life. So, um, it says, Daniel remained in the royal service until his first year of the reign of King Osiris. Everybody, take a deep breath in, turn look at your neighbor and blow it out. <sighs> so, who didn't brush your teeth beforehand? Awesome, yeah. Cooper, did you? Okay, all right, that's cool. Okay, I'm going to explain chapter 2, and then you can put the verse up there. But not yet. Hold it. Okay. Chapter 2. Basically, this is what happens. I'm going to summarize it because I don't want to take forever on this. I want to get to the good stuff. So King Nebuchadnezzar, King Neb, has a really, really bad dream, and it's totally bothering him. And he has these wise men that are on his staff. And he says, come to me. I had this dream. I want the wise men. So he would say, I want you to tell me, since you're my wise man, tell me what my dream was and tell me what it means. It's like, oh, king, just tell us what it was and we'll tell you what it means. They're just trying to get him to tell what the dream was and they're going to make up some bogus thing. But he's like, no, no, no. I'm telling you right now, if you don't, if you don't tell me what it was, I'm going to have you torn limb from limb. That's what he said. It's graphic. I know. But <clears throat> so is Disney. Um, so... Uh, he was so ticked, King Ned was so ticked at these people, he said, I want every wise man, every person on this staff to be executed, everyone. That included our, our three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But uh, 
I say Daniel, I don't want to keep going back and forth. Anyways, Daniel, the one we're talking about here, the one who had favor, uh, went and talked to the king. He's like, look, uh, all the guys got together and they prayed. They said, Lord, give us the interpretation of this dream. God gave them this huge interpretation of what the dream was. And they went to the king and said, please don't kill us. Please don't kill them. This is what your dream meant. In summary, King Neb was so impressed and it was spot on, exactly what he had dreamed. That So not only did they get promoted the first time, Daniel got promoted again. He said, hey, remember my two friends, Shad, or, uh, Meshach and Abednego? Hey, can we get them on staff too? He said, yeah. So he put them on staff. So all these brothers, they're up in the palace now. They're living the good life. All right, switch it to three. Uh, chapter three, please. I think that's what you have, right? Okay. Now, I'm not going to read the entire thing. Excuse me, I'm, I'm switching over here. Okay. That was premature. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, we're going to start on chapter 19, but I'm going to read something real quick. So, uh, so chapter 3 starts out, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers and all these people that he was in charge of. And he told these people, um, people of all races, races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, other lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, you must bow to King Neb's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. Wow. Okay. This is getting interesting. Everybody's like, okay, I'm, I'm getting on the edge of my seat. Okay. No, you guys aren't. You guys just want to play some Fortnite. Okay. So, um, is that anybody? Hey, I'll play a game of Fortnite. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. No, oh, actually, that's uh, PUBG. Anyways, uh, so at the sound of the music and instruments, all the people... Uh, whatever their race was, they had to bow. Regardless, regardless, you had to bow. You'd be in trouble. Um, then, then here the weasels come in. Nobody likes a weasel, right? Little snitches, little weasley guys that kind of sneak in. They're trying, hey, king, listen to us. So some of the astrologers, you already know they ain't right, went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to, said to the uh, king Neb, they, see, they always announce them stuff like this. They walk in, long live the king, because they're, you know, brown nosers. And, um, they said to the king, long live the king, you issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the, of the horn. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. And this is where they're trying to like get their way. Because you know they're jealous. He said, there are some of those Jews. Hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Oh, yeah, was that them? Oh, yeah, they were standing. Yeah, they didn't bow. Did you know that king? Oh, little weasels, man. I can't stand a little weasel. Let's throw them in the fire. Okay. Um, they don't pay attention to your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods, and they do not worship the gold statue you built. All right. Anybody know anything about bipolar disorder? So King Neb, he is, he is bipolar. Like, they took everything about his character, and that's what the bipolar disease came out of. No, not really, but I'm just saying, this guy's nuts. He's believing these weasels. When uh, King, it says King Neb flew into a rage and ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his three dudes, the guys that he promoted big time, he doesn't even he doesn't even say, hey guys, come here, ask, but orders them to come to them. He brought them in and said, hey guys, is this true that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of musical instruments. But if you refuse, I will you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Okay, hold on. It's one thing to bow to your statue, but now you're testing my God. 
So a little, a little bit of boldness rose up in them. You can imagine. That's like saying, hey, man, your mama, she ugly. So hold on. Excuse me. You're going to step up. At least I hope. I hope. Come on. Defend your mamas. Oh, your daddy. Okay. Uh, so these guys are confronted. And so they say, oh, Neb, we do not need. Oh, wait. Uh, not there. Almost. We do not need to defend ourselves before you. Wow, to tell them that to a king. If we are thrown to the blazing furnace, see, they're just so chill. The God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, see, they're saying, oh, he's got us. But if he doesn't, we just want to make it clear to you, your majesty. I like how it's like a, it's like a subtle roast. It's like we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Okay, put it up. Thank you very much. Okay. So Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Wow. That's hot. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army, Pat Bussey, Chad Steele, Stumblers. I guess Noah's, I guess you can throw Noah in there. <laughs> no, not funny? All right. They're with you, Noah. They're all against me. So he ordered some of his strongest guys in his army to bind these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers that they threw the three men in. Wow. So, like, so there's, like, a door, and they're already like this, because, you know, it's metal, I, I assume. And it's really hot, and they're already, they open up the door, and they just straight skeleton right away, instantly. Just just a pile of ashes. And these brothers are like, I guess we're supposed to go in here. They just walk in, but these dead soldiers are laying on the ground. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Is that it? Okay, okay, I thought there was more. But suddenly, King Neb jumped up in amazement. He said, okay, hold up, who's that? He exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And throw them into the furnace. Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Neb shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Wow, who is this fourth man? That's been a question I've heard a long time. Who is this fourth man? Who could it have been? I don't know. I'm just asking you guys. Oh, somebody said Chad Steele. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, Chad Steele's in there. He's like, hey, what's going on, guys? How are you doing? He's like, here's a bottle of Fiji water. <laughs> I know it's probably hot. Okay. <laughs> then King Neb came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come on out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched him. You're thinking, is this possible? I mean, it's on the internet. It must be. <laughs> not a hair on their heads was singed. Wow. And their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell the smoke. Okay. Hold on. Who's ever been to a, uh, one of the quarry bonfires we have here? <laughs> so last time, we all know, uh, we did an awesome job at getting the fire started really quickly. No, we didn't, but Okay, that fire sometimes is so hot. I mean, if, if, if you're the fire, 
I mean, I got to stay back here, and I'm kind of even doing this. All right, these brothers were up in the fire, like standing in it. Seven times hotter than what that was out there, and probably way more. And nothing. Not singed, not burned alive. It didn't smell like smoke. If, if we went out there tonight, and I wore this, when I got home, it'd still smell like smoke. If I was wearing a jacket, or Leslie have a scarf on, if you got home, put that thing on your hook, hang it up, got, got, put it on the next time, it would smell like smoke. These brothers were in the hottest fire of all time, pretty much, and didn't smell like smoke, weren't burned. Okay, what's going on here? So King Neb tested their God, and it kind of looks like God showed up and showed out, right? So um, King Neb says, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel, that was the fourth man, there was a fourth man in there with him, that was an angel. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. Wow. And their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. Oh, my goodness. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then, so, so promoted once in chapter 1, promoted like double time in chapter 2. Then the king promoted Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. I mean, he's eventually going to keep promoting them to where he promotes them. And they're like, uh, we got to take your job now, king. I mean, look how much favor these guys had. So I want to, I want to go over a couple things here um, with you guys. Let me find, let me find my notes real quick. I'm not used to having a phone. I got to scroll, scroll, scroll. Um, so you're thinking, okay, awesome. This is a cool story. Why did you pick this one out of all? First of all, I think it's super awesome. It's just like really like uh, bizarre, you know, and just wild. Someone was standing in the flames and nothing happened to him. But what are our takeaways from this story? You can write these down if you want to, if you brought something to write down with. Here's our takeaway. Serving God will get you thrown into a giant oven. That's it. And hope you guys are encouraged. Have a great night. Serving? No, I'm kidding. But that's what did happen. No, no. Listen. What can we take away from this story? One, we can place our confidence in God. You know, a lot of people um, have their assurance or their hope or their confidence in, in earthly things. Uh, people invest. They have 401Ks. Um, they have confidence in their friend's opinion. They have confidence in the government. They have confidence in their teachers or parents. What other things do people have confidence in? Ourselves. Yes, true. Anything? Anybody else? No? Fortnite. <laughs> Education, yes, being really smart, so you got confidence in yourself that money, yeah. Um, yes, relationships, that's good. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, so they have their confidence in that, but how many times have those things let us down? Me, like every time, all that stuff. I'm like, oh, this is awesome, and I leave God over here, and I go and make this my idol, and then it lets me down, and I run back to God. Oh, sorry, God, you know I shouldn't have. God has never not one time failed me or failed you. He's never been wrong. He's never made a mistake. Place, place your confidence. Place your hope in God. You know, these boys were so confident in God, they were willing to step into a, a, a furnace to find out if he would rescue them. I'm not so sure that I would do it. I'd like to say I would, but I would rather have someone else go first. I'd say, can you get Noah Stumler to walk in there first? If he burns up, I ain't going in, but if he's all right, then I'll go. Hello? Oh, my goodness. This brother's muting me. Mutiny? Mutiny, really. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. That's good. Laugh. Ha. Hilarious. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll see you afterwards. That was good. That was good. Okay. All right. Whatever. Okay. We're moving on. No one wants to hear that point anymore. Okay. <laughs> if you're following God's plan for your life, there will be things, tests and trials that come along to see what you're made of. Can anybody agree to that? Things will come, test your faith. Situations will come up and you're thinking, God, where are you? <laughs> I've done that so many times. God, I thought you loved me. I thought I was connected to you. What in the world? But then after that thing ends and I get victory of it, I get on the other side. I'm like, oh, that was its purpose. And wow, I learned so much. And I'm so happy I actually went through that. It wasn't very fun at the beginning, but, you know, these boys were living for God their whole life. And look what happened to them. They got thrown into one of the worst things that could happen to them. But God received all their glory for everything they got through because King Neb made a decree over that everybody that could hear him and said, don't mess with these, this guy's God because he's more powerful than anything we know. Number three, by being obedient to God and serving him, promotion will come as a result. That's a takeaway from this. When God tells you to do something, do it. Most of the time, there's something attached to that. It might be four or five times down the road of being obedient before you see something that happens as a result. But be obedient and promotion is going to come. Look how many times these guys got promoted just for doing the right thing, doing what God had asked them to do. Number four, in the heat of your situation, God is standing right beside you, ready to take you through that fire. Although it was an angel, God sent that angel. God's presence was there with them. So he was really, he was there with them too. You know, speaking of that, in the heat of situation, God is right beside you. You know, I love my wife, I love my church family, I love my pastors, I love the quarry people. Actually, they're number two. I love, well, I love God, I love my wife, and then I love the quarry people. Y'all my people. So, but no one, no one's ever done me like Jesus. No one's been there for me like Jesus. Anytime I've walked through fire in my life, no one's been there for me like Jesus. People have been close, they've been good, but come on, we got to give to Jesus every single time. You know, Maybe you need to break off a, a relationship that's dragging you down. He's right there with you. Maybe you stood up for justice in your school and you're feeling the heat of it now, but he's there with you. Maybe you're stepping out in faith uh, in your life to obey God and it's kind of scary. He's right there with you. And every time, every time you're obedient to God and you step out and listen to his voice and follow him, there's promotion, there's favor. I mean, every time. We just read just three, just three times right here. I know every time I've done stuff, I've been obedient, something good has always come of it every single time. This is one thing I really like about this story a whole lot, is whenever these guys did what God asked them to do, your enemies will come to you for advice. Like, wow. Like, people who are against you, but because of you living right and being obedient, standing up for what is right, not bowing to the gold statue, they're going to come to you and ask for your advice. I can say in my life, if there's a situation in my life where I had someone that uh, said to me, um, I wrote down word for word, uh, they said, I will never take advice from you because you aren't fit to give it. I had someone tell me that one time, very close to me, and uh, I now give them advice probably once a week. They ask for it. And so whereas before, 
They basically said, you don't know anything and I won't listen to you. And now they're saying, what should I do? Um, I've not been perfect and I've probably missed it a hundred times. I have missed it a hundred times, but um, that hasn't stopped me. I'm trying to be as obedient to God as I can in my life. So God will make your enemies be at peace with you. I love it. And I'll, I'll close with this little piece here. Um, talking about um, stepping out. I mean, these guys stepped into a fire. Most of us are just stepping out of the car and going into school. Hey, that can be scary. Not because you're afraid of school, but because you're supposed to be a shining light there. It can be scary to actually step out and do something. But I, in my life, I just you know want to give an example. Um, I'm seeing the faithfulness of God. My wife and I are uh, at work for our family. Uh, some of you know, we, we started a business like almost five months ago, and uh, there were a lot of things going against us. Uh, some people, not, not many, but there were some like, ah, I wouldn't do that, you know, because they're looking at all the things they can just see, like this doesn't make sense, and that doesn't add up, and your wife's pregnant, and she doesn't work, and there's no income for her, and this, and this, and this, but I know God. I know how to hear the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. I know how to follow that voice. I've heard it before. I've followed it, and it's been right. I've heard it before. I didn't follow it, and I got in trouble, but you know, because of us stepping out and doing something that was very scary, I would say I was kind of scared at first uh, to step out and start a business, but the fruit that has come out of it, the favor that has come out of it, I get people that call me and say, we got your number from so-and-so, I've never heard of that person, multiple times, just because God get, God's given me favor with people I don't even know, so I love it. Um, just, you know, just as an example for, for our life. Um, but God's just promoting us and giving us just tons of favor, and I love it. Um, I want to close. That's all I have for that. I want to close with, with one more thing. And then, uh, Morgan, do you have a couple more announcements? After? Yeah, Morgan has another announcement after this. But um, I want to give everyone an opportunity right now. If you don't know Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to get to meet him. And I'm saying that right now there will be decisions for Christ. Not I hope someone decides. No, there will be decisions for Christ. But let me tell you about Jesus real quick. I know we just learned a little bit about God in this story.